This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. In today's two-part message, Surviving a Difficult Season, Even After Sleeping with the Enemy, Pastor Ray addresses sin and God's boundless capacity to forgive. The Bible is filled with accounts of great Old Testament men and women who God used mightily in accomplishing His will for mankind. Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Ruth, Isaiah, and all the prophets. Each were uniquely anointed, but perhaps none shared the same special fellowship with God that King David did. After all, didn't God Himself proclaim that David was a man after His own heart? Certainly, none of those chosen were faultless, but neither was David. Even as king of all Israel, he would later be found guilty of both adultery and murder. This is the powerful story of young David's first fall from grace, as he compromises in his heart, but is lovingly restored and forgiven by the Father, even after sleeping with the enemy. So David and his men came to the city... And there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I mean, this is devastating. They're gone. They don't even know where they went. So it says here, now David, verse 4, David was greatly distressed. Of course you'd be distressed. He wasn't only distressed that his wife was missing that his kids were missing and all his goods were missing and everything that he had was burned to the ground. He wasn't only distressed of that. He was distressed because the people who were with him, the 600 men, were talking about stoning him. How many of you agree with me that David's not having a very good day here? This is a pretty bad day. But how many of you agree with me? You can see from the, from the, the story that David brought this disaster upon himself. That's why I say, don't you blame the devil devil doesn't even have to work so hard and some of you i mean you open up the barn door you let the horses out don't blame the devil it's the way you live see if you're not trusting god and taking matters into your own life and sleeping with the enemy and living like the world and acting like the world and talking like the world and doing like the world does and and hiding in the world and then disaster comes upon your life don't blame the devil the devil didn't even have to do anything you did a fine good enough job all by yourself Boy, the amens are really weak. But thank God that even when you mess up, brother, sister, that God's hand of protection is still upon you because God still believes in you even when you screw up. He still believes in you and will work his best. See, now listen, listen, this came upon David. I believe that God allowed this to happen in his life because God loved him so much and David was so far gone. 
His heart was so far from God at this point. He wasn't living in faith. He wasn't living in trust. I believe that God allowed this disaster to come upon him in order to get his attention and with the hopes that he's going to extract him out of the enemy's camp and get him back to where he's supposed to be, acting and living and being like the king over the people that he called him to be. That's what we need to do. Amen. So... So David is greatly distressed. That word distressed is an interesting word because I I studied it here and found it to mean this. It's a verb meaning he was pressed into a tight corner the way a potter would press clay into a mold. In other words, God, I like to say this, God put his back up against the wall. Now if your back's up against the wall, don't, don't blame the devil. It might be God. It might be God who puts you up against it to get your attention and to say, come on, pick yourself up and let's get out of this place. You don't belong in the enemy's camp. You belong trusting me. Where did you lose your trust and your faith in me? All right. So he says, he says, but uh, verse six again, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But now look at what it says. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. In other words, I like to say, David finally got the wake-up call. Great men and women of God will own up and fess up when they blow it. David didn't defend himself. He encouraged himself. He picked himself up. In another another version says he encouraged himself. One of the other things that I learned here is that when you're in the midst of a, of a, of a bad season in your life, when you're in, a, in the midst of a hard, tough season in your life, listen, you could wait to find people to try to encourage you and reinvigorate you and, and stir you up. But I'm going to tell you what, if you can't encourage yourself, all the encouragement somebody's going to give you isn't going to mean anything to you. David was a man of God. He came to his senses and he began to encourage himself. You've got to learn to encourage yourself, stir yourself up. David had to begin by encouraging himself, saying, we're going to get out of this mess. I've gotten here, but we're getting out of it. Wow. So it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then verse 7 says, then David said uh, to the priest, bring me the ephod. And he did. So David inquired of the Lord. Well, he should have done that in the beginning. He inquired of the Lord. He's getting back to where he should have been. He's getting back to that place where he's spending time with God and seeking God. David was in this mess because his heart was far from God. He wasn't trusting God. took matters into his own life. It's like some young people I know. I don't want to get on this, but I'm going to get on it. Because I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to pastor you. I'm here to help you. You go to the doctor... Because you don't want the doctor just to pat you on the head and say there's nothing wrong. You want him to find out what's wrong and then prescribe the medicine, right? So I'm giving you the medicine whether you like it or not. Young people, you know, they're not going to wait on God to, to get a relationship with a good godly man or woman. They go out in the world. They go online. Internet cruising. <laughs> How are you going to find? I mean, you can't go in the world and think you're going to find. I'm going to save them. I'm going to clean them up. I'm going to. What do you think? He's a fish. You're going to catch him and clean him up. 
ain't going to clean nobody up. Nobody's, anybody want to be clean, man? He's not going to get clean. Gonna, you don't have that kind of influence. Only God has that kind of influence. Only God, only the Spirit of God has that kind of influence. going to clean them up. Yeah, I mean, women I have, you know, come crying two, three years. Oh, I didn't know he was like this. Well, I told you, dummy. That's what I want to say. I told you, man, don't, don't fish in the world. Fish in the kingdom. Wait on God. Pray. Seek God. Become a, a holy person. You know, just love God and put your attention on the... Be a man. That, like, you know, you're not going to find that in the world, but people take things in their own hands. They start doing their own way. They rob the tithe, thinking that somehow that's going to bless their... Well, I'm gonna, I don't trust. I don't... Man, you're taking matters into your own hands. You're not living in faith and trust with God. You're holding back what you know to do and what is right. And then you end up in a mess. You end up in a disaster. You end up hard times or, or, or really holding back the bigger blessing, the greater blessing that God wants to bring into your life. You can't outsmart God. You can't outwit God. You're not that smart. You look smart. You may be smart. You might have a lot of letters after your name, before your name, top of your name, under your name, all around your name. You're not smarter than God. You're not smarter than God. That's how people get into a mess. They stop trusting God with their lives. They say, and that's exactly what David did. He stopped trusting God to protect him, to keep him, to watch over him, to produce for him, to go before him. God's not only got to be your, your savior, he needs to be your protector, your provider, your healer, your deliverer. He needs to be all of that to you. You want to just be your savior. He wants, he wants to be all of that to you. Can I get a better Amen. amen. All right. So, so David strengthened himself in the, in his Lord, in, in the Lord. Then David um, inquired of the Lord. And this is what he said. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So you see, no matter how bad you may ever be in your life, no matter how awful it may ever be, Listen, the minute he made it right with God was the minute that God came back on his life and said, go and get it. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm here to tell you this morning. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. So, Pastor, I've really blown it. I've made a terrible mess in my life. Well, listen, we've all made mistakes in our life, but the, the, the important part is that you've learned from the mistake, you've repented from the mistake, you've gotten yourself up, you've picked yourself up, you've cleaned yourself off, and now God gives you the command. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Bring it all back. Come on. Hallelujah. Notice, notice something here. Notice something here. That God didn't say to him, because this is how most humans think, and if you're not careful, you get this kind of screwy thinking. Well, now, David, you didn't trust me. You got yourself into this mess. So I'm going to forgive you, but you can't have anything back. Sorry, you're going to have to lose your kids and lose your wife and lose all your goods. Isn't it amazing the message that he gave me, even though he screwed up? He's in the enemy's camp, deceiving, lying, cheating, doing all these things. Stop trusting God, taking his life into his own hands, making a mess, steering it. It's like, you know, he, he just wrecked the ship. And yet God says to him, that's all right, David, you made it right. Now go ahead, pursue, overtake, and recover all. That tells me something about our God. What a good God we serve. A God that really, really, 
really, really, really, we talk about the God of the second chance, second chance. He gives you a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, eight, ten, hundred thousand chances God will give you because God's got one thing in mind in David's life. He wants him out of the enemy's camp. He wants him back in his rightful place, trusting him so that God can bring to pass what God needs to be done in the world. That's what he needs to do. That's the message to each and every one of us. God needs you trusting him, getting back in that life of faith, you know, and not sleeping with the enemy. What is David doing in the enemy's camp? And look at the disaster he brought upon himself and the 600 men who he led and his wife and his kids. Look at the disaster. So here it goes. So he inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, go ahead and do it. So verse nine, now this, this part I like, this is good. This is good. David's restored now. He's back. He's got his strength back. He's got his trust in God back. So David went. Now here's the question. Where was David going? Because David had no idea where the enemy was where his wives, or where the wives of the 600 men, his wife, the kids, and all the stuff they looted, he had no idea in the world where they were. But nonetheless, God told him to go, and David began the journey. One of the things that I learned from that is sometimes you're not going to know how to fix the disasters in your life, or the things that you've made wrong, or the things that have come upon you. But the one thing that you have to always keep in mind is that I just need to start to move. God will give me the directions. God will help me get there. So you got to move. So if you've been through a really bad time, you've been through a, you know, a, a difficult time and a difficult season in your life, don't sit down and play dead. Get up and start moving. God will direct you. God will help you to get to where you need to go. Now, this is the good part. I mean, it's all good, but I like this part especially. Because even though David didn't know where to go, God still had a plan. Go down to verse 11. It says, now they're pursuing, right? He says, he went, and this is what happened as they're going. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water, and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. And, and David said to him, to whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind because three days ago I felt sick, fell sick. So now, now let's, let's just get this picture. Here, this obscure little brother who is nothing but a slave, who was in the army of the Amalekites, was left behind because he was so sick that in weak he couldn't go. Now, David, as an act of compassion, not knowing what was about to happen, but as an act of compassion, reaches out to this man and begins to just, you know, give him from his food, nurture him and build him up. David doesn't realize that this man is the key to finding out where the enemy is. God planted an obscure little brother, a little nobody. That's why I say, let me tell you what, don't ever despise anybody in your life. Don't ever think yourself better than anybody because God can use, God will use 
the most insignificant person in your life. You never know, but it might be the most insignificant person that is the key to the next level of blessing in your life, to the next place that God wants to get you to. You never know. That's why I say don't burn bridges and don't despise people and don't reject people and don't break relationships. Keep peace with everybody because you never know who God's going to use in your life. Can I get a better amen than that? So verse 14, and this is what he says, we made an invasion on the southern area in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb, and uh, we burned a zigzag with fire. God gave David an eyewitness of this disaster that came upon him. This is the guy who's got the knowledge who almost died in the desert. But because of an act of compassion by David and his men, this was the man who held the key to finding out where the enemy was. Don't tell me God isn't working on your behalf. Don't tell me that God isn't working through people. Don't tell me that God, God is not watching and protecting and planting certain people in our lives, planting certain things in our life to help us to get to the place we need to go. Don't tell me God isn't watching over your life. Come on. Obscure little brother almost died. I just get, it just overwhelms me. You just don't know how God is going to work in your life. So David, so he says, please, you know, David says, can you tell me, can you tell me where they went? And he said, oh, I don't want to get involved. I'll just give you the pastor a version now, right? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to die. They'll kill me. You'll kill me. I'm afraid of dying. David says, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. Just tell me where they are. Pointed them right to the enemy's camp. And it says in verse 17, then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode off on camels. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, uh, either small or great, or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. David recovered all. I see in this story just such the awesome hand of God, even when we blow it. Has anybody here ever blown it? Anybody here ever make a mistake? Praise God that God is not working against us, but he's working with us. Let me give you six things. Let's just encapsulate this whole thing and put it into these six things. Six things to remember in a difficult season that we learn from the story of David in this particular chapter of the Bible or chapters of the Bible. Six things to remember in a difficult season. Number one, keep your heart filled with faith and trust in God. I'm telling you, when I was in those days of my life, and I've been there a few times, I just wanted to take matters into my own hands and I wanted to, you know, I thought, well, God, I could do it better than you. Now, maybe I wasn't thinking that consciously, but subconsciously I was thinking that or unconsciously I was thinking that, right? Keep your heart filled with trust and faith in the living God. God's got a a purpose for your life. God's going to get you there. Your dreams, your vision, your hopes for your future will come to pass. Just do it God's way. Say it with me. Do it God's way. Turn to somebody and tell them, say, do it God's way. 
see, don't take it, don't take matters into your own hands because you're going to make a disaster, right? So number one, keep your heart filled with faith and trust in God. Number two, stay out of the enemy's territory. Don't sleep with the enemy. Don't go back into the world thinking the world has a better fix for your problems, for your, you know, whatever. Don't think the world can help you because the world can't help you. Don't sleep with the enemy. Right? David should have never went into enemy territory. Yet I see a lot of God's people doing that. Come out from among them and be separate, says the word. Amen? Amen. We're supposed to be in the kingdom and be God's people and live the way we're supposed to trusting him. Stay out of enemy's territory. The world can't help you. Number three, know that God is always with you even when you fail. Even when you disobey, even when you're faithless, God is with you because you are his own. There's a call on your life. There's a purpose buried deep within you. You're not here by accident or by mistake. You're here by the divine purpose and, and design of the living God. So know that no matter where you are, if you're in a difficult situation, know that God is right there with you, helping you, wanting to help you. Number four, encourage yourself. Like I said before, don't wait for people to encourage you because it's never going to work. And people, you know, people mean well, but, but, you know, they can't encourage you the way you can encourage yourself. You gotta, I wish I could teach this principle to people. You got to look yourself in the square in the eye and begin to speak life over your own life and re- refresh yourself and remind yourself of the call and the purpose and that greater is he that is in you. So encourage yourself. Number five, seek God. Or let's say it this way, ask God for guidance and direction every day of your life, you know? And uh, uh, can I just talk to some of the macho men that are here today? You know, I think men deal with this issue, this problem more than women do. You know, we just think, well, I'm, you know, I'm a self-made man. You know how many times I heard that? Just want to kick that person right in the behind? I'm a self-made man, and you're, about, a, you're about, a, about to be a self-made mess if you keep thinking like that. Am I right or am I wrong? Thank you. Who said wrong? He, so, so ask God for direction and guidance. He will help you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll help you to get through the difficult seasons in your life. He wants to because he's invested something in you. You're special. You're important. There's life in you. There's a purpose. There's a calling. God wants that. When you seek him, he's going to direct you and help you every step of the way. And number six, recover. Number one, recover everything that the enemy has taken back from you. And the second part of that is recover emotionally. Here's three words that go with it. Get over it. You can't live whining and moaning about what has happened. Why has the enemy done this to me? Well, we said it before, a lot of times we make our own mess. That's right. We open up the door yeah. because we're not just trusting God. We're not believing God. We're not, we're not taking everything that we have and putting it into God's hands. We're, we've got our hands on it. We're going to make a mess. So those are my six things. Keep your heart filled with the word of God and trust him. Stay out of the enemy's territory. Know that God is always with you. Encourage yourself. Seek God. Ask him for direction and guidance. And number six, recover 
Just recover. I'm going to tell you what, God, if you've had some disasters in your life and you've lost in your life, maybe, um, you know, maybe you've made some big mistakes and you've lost money or you've lost relationships or you've lost goods or you've lost whatever, I'm going to tell you right now in the name of Jesus that God says recover all. You can recover from this that has come upon your life and has happened. God will give you a great recovery if you'll just do what we've talked about today and trust Him and believe Him and put your faith in Him. God will help you to recover all. It's all coming back to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.